Get some recipes. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can't believe you've done this. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming life's challenges. The Evolve community is your ultimate destination for personal growth and evolution. True to form, I'm, I get to continue to be the dumbest person in the room. That's fantastic. Thank you. Did you ever get a, uh, uh, a quantum physical uh, explanation for how to uh, bake a meatloaf from a corn star? Bake a meatloaf? From- well, once again, we're, we're really excited to have you. So, uh, Grandma Joy, let's start with you. Uh, we love to start our show by asking our guests what's inspiring them today. Is there some music you're listening to? Is there a book you're reading? Are there people in your life? What is inspiring Grandma Joy today? Uh, it's my grandson. He keeps me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. I love it. And now, uh, Brad Ryan, how about you? What's inspiring Brad Ryan today? You know, I try to make time every day to enjoy the great outdoors, get some time in nature just to, uh, especially on the weekend when, I, mm. <laughs> when I'm off the clock. So, you know, I'm every, every day is a new trail for, for me and my dog. And we, we picked a beautiful one this morning along the PCT. So I'm definitely feeling inspired by that. Yeah, it's amazing what nature can do for the soul, right? And I think that part of what we're going to talk about today is the uh, the healing power of nature as you guys have uh, really kind of crisscrossed uh, the country here. So I'm with you. I, I wish I could get out more, but I think like everybody else, uh, we have jobs during the week. And so the weekends tend to be the times where we get out more often than not, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Depends. I'm retired. I take a walk every morning. There you go. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that time. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. Uh, Hailing from the tippy top of the state that uh, you can't pick out on the map in Oberlin, Ohio, is W. Miles (laughs) Riley. Welcome, Miles. A state you can't pick out on the map? The city. Did you, city. did you see there was a no there i there was a map recently where i think it was someone from germany they said right. here's a map of the united states write the states on it and he didn't know where ohio was and so there you go <laughs> <laughs> Wow. and the man who coined the phrase sun's out guns out in las vegas nevada is casey go. mitchell welcome casey thank you and coming to you from the mountains of Utah, I am my kid's dad. I'm Steve Cutler. And today we are fortunate. We have two guests joining us today. We have uh, Grandma Joy and Brad Ryan. So Brad says about his Grandma Joy, Grandma Joy and I were both born in Zanesville, Ohio, which is in the southeastern Ohio area between Columbus and Wheeling, West Virginia. Grandma Joy and Grandpa Bob owned and operated the Village Gift Shop in our tiny hometown of Duncan Falls, Ohio, near Zanesville. They raised three sons in Duncan Falls, including my father. Her travels were limited to winter trips, and I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right, to Okochibi. Is that right? Okotobi. 
Okeechobee, thank you, Florida, where uh, Grandpa enjoyed perch fishing. Brad continues, Grandma, that Grandma Joy and I did not speak for about a decade after my parents divorced, despite us being very close when I was young. She was very ill when I saw her at my sister's wedding many years later, but we didn't reconcile until about 2010. It was a long, slow process to build a new relationship. I learned that she had never seen a mountain while we were discussing my Appalachian Trail hike through. Grandma Joy is truly the survivor. She lost two of her three sons in middle age, both at the same year. Uh, she had to work a low-wage job at a lo local grocery store in Duncan Falls in order to make ends meet after Grandpa Bob died. And she worked in the deli until she was almost 80 years old. In 2017, Brad started a GoFundMe account. This was two years after he and Grandma Joy took a trip to the Smoky Mountains in 2015. Brad ended up raising approximately $3,000, which was enough for a very conservatively funded 28-day camping trip around the United States. But Brad continues, that trip almost didn't happen because Grandma Joy is a woman of extreme pride. She called me uncharacteristically in a fury uh, after finding out about my GoFundMe page and told me it wasn't going to happen. Not the Grandma Joy you're used to seeing on television, but the, my <laughs> sister helped me smooth things out. And Grandma Joy has learned that it's okay to receive as well as give. It's been a journey for her and I but I'm so grateful that she now sees herself as worthy of this kind of love. And she's been able to witness um, her life's example to the world. And it's really a beautiful thing for a grandson to experience. Grandma Joy and Brad Ryan have received national notoriety by documenting their guests or their visit to all 63 U.S. national parks. They have over 41,000 followers on their Instagram account and have been interviewed by major and local news outlets across the country. Uh, Brad Ryan and Grandma Joy, welcome to the podcast today. We are so excited to have you. Thank you. Yeah, so Grandma Joy, I want to start with you first. Um, you know, how does it feel to be traveling the country and seeing all of these beautiful places with your grandson? Well, uh, I never expect it to happen because I live in this little town with a thousand people. And uh, it, it just never entered my mind that I was going to get to do this. But it's, it's really been an amazing, amazing journey. And Brad has seen to it that everything goes pretty smoothly. And uh, he kind of plans <laughs> things ahead, but he's not uh, objecting to if we turn to take a, t a turn to the right and go see something that he sees on a sign. Okay. So, it's really so we've got a little bit of flexibility in the journey. Then. Right. Some people yeah. just get a bullseye. We're going to be at this one this time and this and somewhere else. And so he doesn't do that way. So it's kind of exciting because you never know what's going to be around the next curve. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Awesome. So the Smoky Mountains were the first place that the two of you visited together. Is that correct? Oh yeah. And it, that's and if I'm, I call. and that's the first mountain. Okay. Yeah. How did you feel getting to the, getting to the mountain and climbing to the top of that mountain for uh, the first time? Well, I thought there was going to be a cave up there and all it was, was a dip. I said, you mean to tell me I walk clear up here for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> People passed us on the way up, and then when I got to the top, everybody clapped when I got there. There you go. Oh, yeah. 
Well, that's a, that's amazing. So how was it seeing your, uh, seeing the mountains for the first time when you went to the Smoky Mountains? Oh, it was, oh, it was, it was amazing. You could see for miles from up there and, and, uh, uh, you just, I, I couldn't actually believe I've made it up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite impressive. Um, what's, uh, I, I, you've been to so many national parks at this point, you, you have what, uh, 10 more to go. Is that right? right. Uh-huh. Okay. And so out of the, the 53 that you've seen, uh, what's one of your favorite, uh, parks or favorite areas that you've been to? Well, everybody asks that. And I, I, I like it. Jacob tree. We like that because it's, you mean Josh's grandma, Joshua tree. Joshua tree. Yeah. There's oh, Joshua Tree, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's four different uh, uh, climates, and you yeah. go to each one, and there's different uh, vegetation every, everywhere you go. It's different. And okay. it was really something to do that. We drove back and forth two or three times, and then we had decided to climb, take a walk, and take a climb up the hill. So, but it was a, it's a beautiful place. It really is. Yeah, that's one that's on my bucket list. I have not been to Joshua Tree yet. I think Brad likes that one too. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, obviously, you you pick up experiences and you um, have some favorite places that you go to, but there's got to be some memories that are tied with this as well. What's one of your favorite memories on this journey uh, of traveling with your grandson? Well, I guess one of the favorite memories we were uh, watching an elk eat out of the lake. And mm. uh, when I uh, sat down, this little tiny girl come over and sat down beside of me. And she had binoculars and she wanted me to look at her binoculars. And she couldn't understand me and I couldn't understand her because she came from a foreign country too. But okay. we had a very enjoyable time sitting on that bank watching the elk. And she kept wanting me to, we swapped the binoculars back and forth. <laughs> she was well, be- yeah, beauty is a language that's understood in every uh, culture, right. isn't it? She was really, really a sweet little girl. Yeah, what a great moment. Uh, Brad, how about you? As you've traveled the country with your grandma, um, what are some of the favorite places that you've uh, you've been able to see? Well, the, the difference between Grandma Joy and I at the beginning was that I was a little more well-traveled because I'd you know, I spent six months hiking on the Appalachian Trail and right, uh, right. I had some international travel too, but there okay. were, um, you know, the vast majority of the national parks, I had never, I had never visited either. So we were experiencing the vast majority of these places for the first time together. And, you know, I was simultaneously, I was kind of living two realities at the same time. One was just my own sense of, of awe and wonder when you're, in a redwood forest for the first time, staring up at the biggest trees you've ever seen in your life. Mm. And then you're simultaneously watching your 87 year old grandmother who waited 50 years longer than I did to see something like that for the first time as well. Mm. And she's experiencing that moment with, I, I guess, a, um, a more realistic view of mortality and, and the here and now. And that, you know, you don't, you don't walk through spaces like that thinking you're going to come back again. So yeah. I was able, you know, I mean, and, and, and walking her speed when I was used to rushing through a trail as, you know, crush as many miles as you can, as fast as you can, uh, bag as many peaks as you can in a single weekend. That was sort of yeah. my relationship with 
the great outdoors. And now suddenly I was, you know, walking at an octogenarian's pace and stopping to look at the snail that she found <laughs> crawling up a rock or, you know, or whatever it was, you know, yeah. so, so I was able to, you know, really appreciate the moment in the, in, in sort of a, in sort of just in a present way that I had been missing my whole life. Yeah. What a beautiful perspective. It's funny that you, you talk about it. I I'm the same way that you are where, when I get out doors, most of the time, I want to bag that peak. I want to get through the trail as quick as possible. It's as much of a workout as it is for anything else uh, or for me as anything else. And yet I've also had the experience on the far other end where when my kids were young and we took them hiking, they want to stop. They want to move at a slower pace. And one day, uh, years ago, there was, um, uh, there's a company that made those, the, uh, little cameras that you could put on your helmet or your head, right? These, I can't even remember what they're called. The GoPro. Uh, GoPro. The GoPro. GoPro. Thank you. Yeah. I think it was, and, and somebody gave me a GoPro when they first came out and I thought, Oh, this is really cool. And then I realized I'm not the type of person that likes to video myself. Uh, so it wasn't very cool. <laughs> so I said, but I have this thing, what do I do? So then I put it on my kids and I watched my kids run around and just live life, you know, when we would hike and they would bend over and you're talking about the snail, they're bending over and they're looking at the snail, they're picking up the rock. And then we would come home and download that. And we would see from each one of my kids levels, what that experience like was like. And there is something about experiencing life with somebody who isn't of the same generation where you get a different perspective, but it also brings you to that moment. Now, Grandma Joy, you've traveled with your grandson. How has traveling with him changed your perspective on some of these places? Well, he's a, I, he, he doesn't seem to mind if I stop and look at things and don't go his pace. He just, mm -hmm. uh, so um, I don't know. He's never been, he didn't complain if I want to stop and look at a bug or something. Usually he's taking <laughs> a picture of it while I'm looking at it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but uh, I just enjoy being out there. It just, uh, it's such an amazing, amazing thing to see all these beautiful things that you've only heard about. And, and all of a sudden it's right there in front of you. So. What, what's the most awe-inspiring place or the most awe-inspiring thing that you've seen? Well, I guess one of the most empowering things I've seen, we were on a ship on the, on the uh, coast of California, and this mm -hmm. huge whale came up out of the water right in front of me. Oh, wow. I was standing on this ship, and he just came up right in front of me, and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I'd never seen a whale before. Yeah, it's an amazing thing to think about that you've seen something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. So, out of the thousand people in your town, you don't have any whales living there. And they're in Muskingum River. <laughs> doesn't have anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a what a great awe inspiring thing, Brad. How about you? As you have traveled, and it sounds like you've had some travel across the world as well. But as you've traveled the country with your grandma, what's the most awe inspiring thing that you've seen? Yeah, I mean. Every, every park is preserved for a reason and everything is spectacular for, for its own, um, you know, for its own uniqueness. I'm trying to, my, my mind is going straight to Hawaii. 
for some reason. Mm. Um, okay. And Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. I don't, I, I'm, I'm sure it's like this every day, but it seemed like every bend in the road, we would see a new rainbow. And, you know, you stand on these vistas and it's black volcanic rock, just an ocean of, of black volcanic rock for as far as the eye can see until it hits the coast in this, you know, the bluest water you've ever seen. And you, yeah. you, you, you pair all of that with the, the lush green vegetation and the, the, the rainbows and the mist. And it, I mean, it's every bit as magical as we, we dreamed Hawaii would be. So I think, I think that stands out, but I mean, we also, we, we had been to almost every, every U S national park in the lower 48 before we got to big bend in Texas. Okay. Mm. And that, that, that's another special place that has it all. And part of what makes a park great for grandma joy and me is when there aren't a lot of people. So, you know, as Yellowstone and Yosemite get so much uh, glory in the public eye, but that also means that you can't right. find a parking space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're standing in line to get places. Yeah. I hear you on that. Um, now, many people, when they have not done something that's on their bucket list, they'll say, OK, I'm going to go do that thing. And they do it. And uh, that's it. And you guys haven't done that. You said, hey, I haven't seen a mountain or I haven't seen the ocean. Why don't we just tackle all of the parks in the United States? Where did the inspiration and where did the motivation to tackle such a big goal come from? For we me, started, go yeah. ahead, Grandma. No, Grandma, go ahead. We started out, we just saw the first 29. We stayed okay. in, a, in a tent and on a, and slept on a cot. Mm, so I okay. figured that's all there was. So then we came home and then things happened and they got hold of Brad. And from there on, it just kind of mushroomed. Well, wow. the, in, in the beginning, um, the, the, the trip to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park was a trip that was really, um, I mean, there, there, were, there were two reasons that, that that happened. One was that I knew that she was sitting home alone and mm-hmm. I was in vet school. I was really busy. I had not seen really, I had not been around very many people in my family period because I was just trying to get through that, that program. And then in my fourth year of vet school, a uh, second year student committed suicide. And I was on my radiology rotation and I had the ability that weekend to get away. And there was, as you would expect, there was a really dark cloud hanging over the entire uh, college that day. Uh, Veterinary, veterinarians commit suicide and veterinary students commit suicide at a, at a much higher and disproportionate rate to the general public. And that's for a a litany of reasons. And I kind of, I didn't start vet school until I was in my thirties. So I was very surprised to find myself in this program that I'd been scratching and, cl- and clawing to get into my entire life and to have it be um, so to just feel so disconnected from the experience and so depressed and um, occasionally having thoughts of, of, you know, really dark thoughts. And so what this, this younger man, um, what, what he did in taking his life at, at such a young age in a program that I, that I had just been through myself and I knew what he was going through. It just hit me particularly hard. And I, you know, I, I didn't have very many opportunities to, to get outside and experience the great outdoors. So when you go from six months of freedom on the Appalachian trail to being eight, you know, being stuck in either a lecture hall or a study room for 18 hours a day with mm-hmm. no natural light, you know, that that's hard enough. And so I knew in that moment that the two things I needed were nature and to be in the company of somebody who really knew me and loved me. Mm. And so that's why I called her and, and asked if she wanted to go. So 
that I could do something positive for myself, but also do something positive for her and get her out of her house and, and check that, that first mountain off of her list. And it was only because that experience was so, uh, I mean, it, it was everything that I needed, but it was also just a lot of fun. And, and it, it, and it filled something in my proverbial cup that needed to be filled and seeing her climb that mountain and just seeing the light in people's eyes, watching this 85 year old force herself up this, this, this wet, rocky hill to yeah. get to, to get to Allen cave. It just, it, it made me, it made me start thinking about all the other possibilities that I had been sitting on for over 10 years while we weren't speaking to each other. And so I just looked in a map of all the U S national parks. And like I said, I have not been to any of them. And so I just thought if I drove a little bit further, we could see old faithful and a little bit further than that, maybe we could see her first grizzly bear and mm. uh, her first, her first ocean could be the Pacific ocean. Why not? And it just, it just kind of, it, it just kind of blossomed organically in the, in the years that came after that, I just made time for it. And we, the more we chipped off um, that goal, the closer we got to it, I felt uh, more and more obsessed with finishing it. Yeah, it's amazing how this has steamrolled into something that has become very, very big. Now, you've gotten some, you've gotten national and international attention from what I've seen. Uh, people are paying, uh, following you from all over the world. And Grandma Joe, you're famous. You are world famous at this point, right? <laughs> so how does that, how does that feel to become world famous uh, in your, you know, your mid eighties? I, I still don't believe it. It really does. I mean, it's just a little old woman sitting here crocheting and pretty seeing my pictures everywhere. I thought they put a wanted thing underneath of there. So <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not on a wanted sign, you're okay with it. But uh, that's great. I, I I have enjoyed I saw so many beautiful things. I got to see Old Faithful erupt twice. And uh, to my left, another one that only erupts once every so many years erupted and it was even bigger than Old Faithful. Yeah. Cool. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man. It was something. I, Brad didn't get to see that. He was doing something else, but I happened to see, get to see that one go off it. Yeah. What a, what a great experience. Now you, your story to me is fascinating uh, for several reasons. I, one, I hear people lament that when they're in their thirties and forties and fifties and they say, Oh, I'm too old. I can't do that. You know, life has passed me by. I don't, I can't go back to school. I can't accomplish this thing, whatever it is. And this story flies in the face of every excuse that people make for uh, taking on a challenge or doing something different, that it's never too late to chase a dream. It's never too late to enrich your life with these new experiences. Um, I, I'd be curious to hear as your story has gotten out there, what's some of the feedback that people have given you? Cause I'm sure you're inspiring a lot of people to get out and try th new things. What are, what are you hearing from others who are inspired by your story? Well, uh, we've heard some, some, some older ladies said we decided if you could do something, we could do that too. And mm. then um, we were on this uh, getting interviewed and I talked about all the people that older people that are in nursing homes and people see them on Thanksgiving and Christmas and they never bothered to go back and they kind of like forgotten people. And yeah. so uh, several people said, well, we decided we're going to go see grandma or we're going to go do this. We're going to do something. 
So at least it woke somebody up that way that they could go see people in the nursing homes and everything. And, and you just don't want to give up. That's all. You just want to give up. You either can see the glass is half empty or half full. Yeah. I look at it half full. So I'm I I optimistic. Yeah, I love I think, that. I think part of what resonates with a lot of people with Grandma Joy is that they just see their own some 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 piece of their own grandparents in her. Yeah. And uh-huh. she's very accessible in, in, in that way. At at if, I mean to meet her in person, she's very she's very uh you know, she's she's a tiny lady, but she has this big big personality and this this can-do attitude. And that and that's really the difference between something blossoming into or something evolving into into a into a bigger life adventure is just mm-hmm. that, that that first that first yes i could have i mean her her answer could have been like a lot of 85 year old uh grandmas who got a, a similar call are you kidding me camping <laughs> <laughs> right no, which I, I think I, that I, would sorry. be a standard response yeah i'm, I'm afraid <laughs> i've got other plans. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. and, and so if, if that was the default for for her then she never would have seen the virgin islands and and soon to be alaska and, and everything in between i mean w- really we've been we've been charged by moose we've been on roller coasters we've <laughs> we've rolled down sand wow. dunes so it, i saw really- <laughs> we were talking about the rolling down the sand dune video we saw that i loved it yeah, I, yeah he I mean, said you're gonna do that and i said well i'm gonna this is my last chance i'm gonna do it while i'm here <laughs> but it. there are there, there are a lot of people who have lost children where that was a uh, that was something that kept them housebound or homebound for mm. for a long time if if, if right. they ever get over it at all or um or to lose their spouse and 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 what it's like to i don't know do you do you have ruin in your in your life for adventure after the person that you used to do that with the person that you loved through so many uh, milestones in your life when they're no longer here or do you or do you just write a new chapter for yourself and that's easier yeah, do you said create than something new yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I th- part of what inspires me about the story of the two of you is that it's um, it's it's intergenerational. And we're talking about something that, you know, in our day and age, in America, especially, I, I you don't see a lot of that. I mean, there are derogatory phrases out there. Uh, I think the, the most recent one that I heard or people will say, OK, boomer, as a way to, um, you know, downplay what our older generation is telling us or teaching us. And I think that that's a, that's a flaw in America, in my uh, view. I think that we need to connect intergenerationally. And so I think that that's, that's a big part of the, this story to me of what's inspiring. So if for, for those that are out there that um, have a desire to connect grandmother to grandson, you know, granddaughter to grandfather, whatever. What's some advice that you would give to start that conversation? Because if I'm understanding the story right, there was a period of time where you didn't talk and then you uh, you, you made some amends and, and got together. And obviously you're on this great journey together. So what's some advice that you would give to uh, grandsons, granddaughters, and grandmothers, grandfathers out there of how they connect? The first question that you have to ask is, what is your unfulfilled dream? Or what are some of your unfulfilled dreams? For, for Grandma Eunice or whomever, <laughs> that might be <laughs> all the, 
the great museums of, of the United States or, mm. um, you know, it, 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 maybe it's to see a Broadway musical or, um, or, or, or go scuba diving or snorkeling or, or skydiving. Grandma Joy wants to do that too. So, um, Oh, great. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think, I think that's where, cause you want it to be, it's only going to be fulfilling if you know that you are, um, you're bringing something to that stage of their life that otherwise wouldn't have been possible. Yeah, great perspective. Grandma Joy, how about you? If if there is a uh, another grandmother or grandfather out there that wants to connect with their grandkids, wants to create a better connection across a generation, what advice can you give to them? I think it's up to the grandchildren to do that. If they do nothing, okay. just call up and take her a bouquet of flowers or, uh, mm. you know, uh, bring her a... Uh, a little surprise of some kind, like uh, maybe call Grandma. You want to go out for lunch today? And you know, it could just one little step could go, and then you could say, "Oh, how did you meet Grandpa? Or how did you meet Grandma?" You know, and mm. ask some questions, and you'd be surprised at some of the things that would come up in that next time. Well, and that's yeah. the great thing about a road trip because you have a lot of time to uh, mm. fill the silence, right? Yeah. So you're able to archive all of these, all these, all these things about your past and where you came from that you otherwise wouldn't have known. It would have just been taken to the grave. Yeah. What a, what a, I, that resonates with me on a couple of levels. Uh, you know, when my, my mom's mom, uh, as she was going through the latter uh, years of her life, she uh, started to uh, get into the grips of dementia and she came and lived with us for a period of time and her bedroom and my bedroom were right by each other. And I was fortunate enough that when she would struggle, I could hear she was struggling. She was crying or sad or, you know, would forget something. And I was able to go in there and sit on the bed and listen to her and help her during those times. And there were times where, while the short-term memory was going, the long-term memory was still there. And she told me all of the great stories of her childhood and growing up and what it was like. And there's a sense of legacy that uh, really embedded into my DNA at that point that I never, uh, I, 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 I am so grateful. It's one of my greatest possessions is that sense of legacy that came from that. My father's grandmother, so when my grandpa passed away, uh, she was very lonely and, and I had just gotten my driver's license. And so I was able to go visit her on a regular basis. And uh, it, when you say, what is, what is, what is grandma like? Well, grandma liked to go out to get ice cream. And so I used to take grandma out and we'd go get ice cream. And we had a lot of great conversations over ice cream. So I think you, you, you both hit the nail on the head to, it is, it, it behooves the grandchild to reach out and create that connection. And I love the idea of the road trip. Uh, Grandma Joy, what other advice would you give to grandchildren on how they can connect with their grandparents better? Well, they got to slow down and take a little bit of time. They have, they have so many <laughs> things they have to do. They're always on yes. to, you know, whatever. But if they would just take like uh, uh, one day a week and say, I'm going to go visit grandma today, you know, just, just, just hop in and say, how are you? She don't care how long you stay. It's just a team mm. and said, hi. And just like that, bring her a cream, bring her ice cream Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's I really think, not about what it is. It's just, it's a time and make time for it. Put it in. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Brad, what were you going to say? No, I'm just, I was just going to say, I mean, that was one of my greatest sources of guilt and one of my biggest fears all wrapped up together. And that is what it would, you know, what if, if that's me one day, what if I'm somebody who's literally been like, I outlive everybody who ever cared about me. And I'm, I'm completely, uh, I'm completely uh, on my own for the, for the sunset. And so I think that that is, that's kind of why that that's why I wanted to write a different story for her because mm. I thought, you know, if, if, it, if, if it's not me, it may not be anybody. And then, right. and then her story could end unnecessarily tragic and it doesn't need to be like that. And, right. and the, tr- the yeah. truth is it, I mean, it, it was, it was just infinitely more meaningful and, and, um, and, and, and memorable in so many ways because she was in the passenger seat. If I had gone and, and seen half of these places by myself, it would have been, I, I would have remembered going there, but I wouldn't have felt it in the, in the profound way that I did. Absolutely. You know, that's cool. Yeah. And we, we live in a world where while we're more connected with technology, we are also more isolated. And I think that Technology is great. I mean, it can bring all of us together. California, two in Ohio, one in Utah, one in Las Vegas. We're all together today. But yet, we've also isolated ourselves so much. And I think that, uh, you know, what you're talking about with making the time, get together, go do some things. Loneliness is one of the biggest um, challenges out there because we people are lonely. When you're right? fed up or <laughs> there's a virus in your house and you're in there for a year, you know. It means you're yeah. not when somebody picked up the telephone and talks to you. Right, right. You just say hi, how are you? And that means and, it, and it's and it means that they are thinking about you, right. which I'm not forgotten. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and Brad, I think that one of the things that uh, we had gone back and forth on as we were messaging, um, you talked and you alluded to this earlier that uh, people in your profession now suicide is an epidemic in our country. It has grown at epidemic proportions. And we've talked about this before on the podcast where um, a few years ago, I had about three or four people. I can't remember now if it was like all within that same year, but three or four people that had passed away uh, via suicide that were in my, my, my realm, my tribe, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. friends, friends of friends, people that I worked with. And so I did some research and found that that epidemic rise was just skyrocketing in the U.S. And it sounds like that it's even worse per capita with people that are in your profession. Uh, How has getting out into nature helped you with your own personal uh, mental health? And, uh, you know, talk about how maybe other people in your profession and even outside of your profession could benefit from getting outside in nature on a regular basis. Well, you have to, you have to figure out, I mean, the first thing you have to do is admit to yourself that there's a problem that the, the narrative or the script that's going around and around in your head is an illusion that you're telling yourself, um, in this fleeting moment of time. So for me, especially if, I mean, it, it can be as simple as walking through, you know, walking beside a lake and looking at some, some ducks, but mm. it, it helps, especially if you could, you know, go someplace like Yosemite where you really can stand on that, that cliff edge and look out and, and remember how big the world is and how your circumstance as a speck on a speck of a speck, you know, right. a, a speck of dust on a speck of dust on a speck of dust in this infinite 
expanse of time. If you can just really like remember what's out there and that that is true always, even when you're going through a dark mm -hmm. uh, a moment in your life, any adversity, trial, so forth. And so for me, that nature is where nature is where I'm able to get that perspective and and shut that inner dialogue down. That may not be true for everybody, but I think it's true for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's true for most, I would say, from my experience, because there's a there's a feeling, there's a spirit in nature that resonates with us on a very deep level. There is something that connects, you know, soul to soul in nature that, um, you know, we, we just don't get anywhere else. And so I think I think you're right. Um, you know, I, I spent over 20 years in health and fitness and when we talk about health and wellness and exercise, we didn't, we didn't talk about it in terms of disease. We talked about it in terms of how do you become healthy by doing things that are healthy. And I think when we talk about one, one of the things or one of the problems that I have with the way we discuss mental health in our country right now is we only talk about the challenges. And I want to talk also about Wellness. positive mental health and the wellness aspect and what you guys are doing of getting out and experiencing that you've got connection, you have nature, you're, you're doing these amazing things that are putting deposits in your emotional health bank account, putting well, deposits in that mental health bank account. Right. And how often are people her age that are living in nursing homes? I mean, it's, it's, it's always right. a downward right. slope and her balance and coordination and uh, lower body strength. I mean, everything improved. The longer we were out there, I mean, people think yeah. I was, people thought it was, you know, crazy taking her on these trails where she had to like watch where she was stepping and, you know, think about that route and how slippery it might be and figure out a way through the maze and everything. I mean, it really does. Um, it does show that if you don't use it, you lose it. And that even mm -hmm. in your eighties or nineties, you can actually get physically stronger if you just put yourself in circumstances that allow you to grow. Yeah. So grandma joy, talk about that. Cause I've seen you. And that was actually one of the things that I noticed you move really well. I mean, when you get out there, um, not just rolling down the, the sand dunes, but you walk and you are, you're, you're trying to walk every day. Cause I don't okay. want to get, so I have to sit in the, what that damn television. So I get yeah. out. It makes me feel good. You know, when I was, whenever I was, was locked in there and you couldn't go anywhere. And I thought, I'm going to take a walk. Now mm. I do. I go around the block. I'd see people and I'd wave and, you know, it just uh, pepped you up. You feel pretty good when you come right. back. Right. But so what, what, for you. what else, uh, what are some other benefits as you've gotten out and done these hikes and you've traveled around? What are some other health benefits that you've noticed? Well, you know, it made me stronger and uh, it helped my breathing. I, you know, you, when you you have to breathe deep when you're out there and in the, in yeah. the parks and things, you know, and it helped my balance and uh, it gave me confidence. I thought, well, I, I think I can do. I'm going to try this. I'm going to I'm going to try it, and it makes you feel good that you've accomplished something. So yeah, that's great. Well, you're you're a very positive person, and I think your name matches you very well. You you seem to have joy in, <laughs> and not just being named Joy, but uh, how do you maintain positive mental health and positive mental attitude? What are you doing there? Well, I get out of bed every morning, and I thank the good Lord for giving me another day, and I decide that 
I shouldn't be down the dumps. There's people in a lot worse shape than I am. I've mm. got an old house that's paid for. I got good health. And I'm just glad to see that I'm not any more. And we got a dog visiting us, too. <laughs> the giant sound. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so you get up in the morning, you're grateful for what you have, and you are, um, you're, you're counting the blessings of what you have. And that's part of how you keep that positive mental health. And I read my Bible for a little while. That oh, there you go. So, yeah, that does. That it gives you some wisdom lot. for the That day. means a lot. You know, you just, you know, there's a good Lord there and he's helping you right along. And yeah, some that's great. That we went to, we went to Congree and it, you could feel the Lord there. It was one of those parks mm. that's real quiet and you just, you could think no one can make this, but the Lord, people think right. they can do make everything, but they can't. What, what no. park was that? Where was that at? That's a Congaree National Park in South Carolina. So oh, yeah. South, South Carolina only has one national park. It's this bottomland hardwood forest. Some people would maybe call it a swamp, but it's really interesting because all the the cypress, bald cypress trees, yep. the knees kind of like jut out of the earth, like right. zombie arms. Right, like. right. Um, and then if, if, if you're afraid of spiders, that is not the park for you. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma Joy. Beautiful. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I South bet. Carolina's beautiful parts of South Carolina. That's awesome. But you it know, the other thing that book, Charlotte's Web. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the, the other thing about health, and I think Grandma Joy would agree, is that another another part of of um, of getting healthier is starting to see the best of people and having <laughs> having some like some faith in humanity and the goodness, the basic goodness of people, mm -hmm. yeah. and that is really that's a hard. Um, that's a hard narrative to, to, you know, keep affirming if you never turn the television off. So, right, so right. you know what I mean? So yeah. the other great thing about the national parks is that not only is that an intersection of almost every culture in the world, because there are more people that come from overseas than, than uh, actually visit from our own, right. our own country. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a way to not only meet diverse people, but it's also, you're meeting people at their best um people that are that have you know the, i think the right perspective on life and so when you mm. can be in a community of, of like-minded people like that that's also very good for your mental health and overall yeah. health as well yeah that's a very yeah it's point. interesting that you bring that point up because if you watch television you're led to believe that we are so divided as people that we don't like each other that we are arguing and yet you go to a place like a national park and you don't see any of that. No, there's, there's, right. there's yeah. nothing. No. You, you have you kind of people. Voice. You never heard anybody cursing. No, no. And there's rich people and they're just plain ordinary people, but you don't yep. know. They're all just one big group enjoying the beautiful scenery and the peace that they have there. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it's the truth. I mean, when, and when I was on the Appalachian trail, there were, there was one moment where I, uh, I twisted my ankle. It was like the size of a pumpkin and mm. there, there's not a single person I hiked with. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered, um, you know, what their religion was, political belief. Mm. It, none of that would have mattered. They would have allowed me to put my arm around their neck and they would have helped me hobble down that hill, you know, and you yeah. have to know that that is really, I think that is at the core of most of us. Yeah. 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 I agree. That's a really yeah. cool point. 
Yeah, I think most of humanity, we do look out for each other. Unfortunately, we tell a different story. And like you said, if we don't ever turn the TV off, we don't see that. But if we get out, we do yeah. see that and we're able to connect and, and bridge that gap. You know, there's one really interesting thing to do is turn on the TV, look at it, and then go step outside of your house and look around. And then come back and look at the TV again, and then go step out of your house and look <laughs> around. And you start to get this really divergent idea of what reality is. Yeah. Yeah. Point. I hear you. Yeah. Now, Brad, you mentioned that in, in the journey that uh, the uh, Grandma Joy's road trip is kind of a movement to now to inspire others to connect intergenerationally, but it's also to advocate for the conservation of the public lands. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. The way I look at it uh, is that we have an obligation to now protect our oldest generation, which is our nature. It's the trees, yes. it's the land. And we have this obligation and we know that we're not doing a great job of that in many respects. Uh, we are uh, moving so fast in many areas that we are destroying certain lands and we aren't thinking about what the, uh, the ramifications of that are. So from, from your perspective, I'd love to hear from both of you as you traveled the country and you've seen some of the most beautiful places that, that the United States has to offer. What can we do, each one of our listeners, what can a listener do to take better care of this earth that we live on? Do what Brad does. As we go along, he picks up anything that's not supposed to be there. Mm. And uh, he picked up a beer bottle that somebody had busted. So the animals will trap on that and get their feet cut. Yeah. Okay. Kind of thing. And uh, he, if people do things they're not supposed to, he uh, gives them a little nudge. Uh, <laughs> Good for you, Brad. Yeah, I love that. Well, a, a lot of people don't even know they're breaking the rules. I mean, there are people that it seems innocuous, right, to build these little rock towers in the streams and that kind right. of thing. But that's actually right. a violation of leave no trace principles. Yep. We're, we, we want people to be able to walk through a natural space and see it as it would look undisturbed by man. Right. And so there, there, I mean, I, I get that's not, that's not the same thing as pouring, you know, a toxic chemical into the stream or something like that, but it's, it doesn't mean that it's, it's not something that should be pointed out because some, a lot of times people aren't even aware that they're doing something that's, that's a no, no, but, right. but, you know, I think beyond that, we try to just remind people that, you know, it's a lot easier to care about something once you've gone there and you've experienced it. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, you know, I, I mean, if you half of the national parks that we advertise on our Instagram page, we hear a fair number of comments from people that are like, I'd never, I've never even heard of Guadalupe mm. Mountains National Park. I've never heard. Now I'm mm. going to, next time I'm in, next time I'm driving through the Southwest on my way back to, uh, you know, back to Arkansas, I'm going to stop there. But it's, 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 it's really so important that we, make people aware of these spaces so that we have a larger and growing number of people in the public that can put pressure on, on politicians when it's needed to keep these spaces safe and keep all of our natural resources safe because it's, you can't take it for granted. And once you, once you, once you blow up a mountain, it's, it's, it's forever changed. You're not going to, you're not going right. to get that back for that, that short-term resource boost that you're getting. So I, I think, I think it's both. It's, it's, um, 
you know, it's, it's using your, your voice where you can to affect broader change, but then just live by your own example when you're, when you're out wandering these, these trails. Yeah, I think a great perspective. Um, you know, Doug and Chris Tompkins, who um, uh, Doug started or, uh, you know, ran uh, the company, started the company, The North Face. And at a certain point, they went to uh, Patagonia and bought up a ton of land there. And yep. people were very uh, concerned. And who are these rich people buying all of this land? And they did it as a way to preserve the land in Patagonia. And Chris said something in an interview that I saw one time where she said, you take care of the thing that you love. And so part of the reason why they had they were creating the first national park uh, in the Patagonia area was that they wanted people to come and see it. They wanted to people to be there so that, and I love what you guys are talking about. It echoes this, go see the place, go be there, go feel that spirit. You look around and say, you know what? Man did not create this. This is God exists here. It's beautiful. And I think when you feel that and you see that you will then naturally want to take care of it. Uh, and then I love grandma joy, what you said, uh, pick up the beer bottle. That's pretty simple, right? We were there and this lady picked this bouquet of flowers to have a picture taken and threw them on the ground. She nothing well, to pick the flowers. She yanked the, she yanked the wildflowers up by the roots is what she right. did. Oh, okay. Bad. Really yeah. was. Yeah, and I think I, I think education is is part of it too, right? Brad, like you're talking about that sometimes people don't know what they're doing and how it damages the land or how it damages the, the ecosystem. No, because they're looking at a field full of wildflowers. So what is this handful that's going to give me this right. awesome Instagram post? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the yeah. motivation, probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. A couple of likes and comments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we're, we're damaging it. Now, so far, you guys have driven over 40,000 miles. You've flown or boated thousands of additional miles to get to the 53 of the 63 uh, U.S. national parks. Now, the remaining parks on your list, if I understand it right, are the eight U.S. Uh, national parks in, As in Alaska. Is that right? Yep. Um, national Park in American Samoa. And then the New River Gorge National Park Preserve in West Virginia. And Brad, you said that that one is the newest one. Is that right? That was, yep. That okay. was established as our 63rd U.S. National Park just in January of this year. Yeah, I, and I wasn't aware of that. That's great to to know. So, one question I have for you: So, when are we all going to Alaska? Because I'm coming with you at this point. Guys. I'm jumping on the plane. <laughs> We're hoping to get to go maybe in August. So. Okay, great. I'm hoping. Well, yeah. take a coat. I'm going to get my knee operated on, and I'll be ready. There you go. Uh, so you got to get the knee operated on, then you're ready to go to Alaska. Right. That's great. I got my hiking boots already. Okay, good. good stuff. So Alaska in August, uh, do you have plans to, to see the National Park in American Samoa? I think so. I mean, at, the, at this point, my, 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 in my like, grand plan, you know, is to probably do New River Gorge uh, coming up in the early part of the summer, just as a warm up for okay. Alaska. And mm -hmm. cause that's only, that's what, I have to fly home, but it's, it's funny that that park's only like five or six hours from our hometown and we've never been there. Not, yeah. not together. Oh, I, yeah. I, I've been, I've been there by myself, but, um, okay. I never, I never took her there. And, um, so we'll do that one. And then I, I think American Samoa will be our, uh, our, our little tropical 
<laughs> our, our tropical finale sometime right. this, win- this winter. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. great. So Grandma Joy, when you go to American Samoa, you're going to kick your feet up on the beach and just say, oh, we did yeah. it. Have one yeah. of them fancy drinks. Get my bed. Yeah, right. Man, I'm ready. <laughs> I think I'll join you, American Samoa. I've been to Alaska. It's pretty cold there. So <laughs> you're Alaska in August is beautiful. I've uh, yeah. we took yeah. a cruise to Alaska one year. When we were in the Virgin Islands, we were sitting there eating, and I said, Brad, here comes two chickens across the floor. He said, Oh, that's the mascot. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cow. the mascot. Yeah, two chickens. Wh- which which national parks did you? Which national parks did you see on your cruise, Steve? <laughs> well, we didn't see any of the national parks. We hit just different okay. areas. And we did the inland um, or the intercoastal uh, waterway. And so we didn't get to any of the national parks. So that's why I want to come with you guys. I'm going to, I'm, I'm just, that'd be great. I'm going to tag along. I'm going to hide in your bag, Grandma Joy. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's Steve, fine. <laughs> Steve's yeah. pretty small. So you don't have to worry about getting a big bag. Yeah, exactly. I can, <laughs> I can, I can get pretty small there. Now you've seen some you've seen some wildlife uh, along the way. It sounds like, and Grandma Joy, I remember uh, in one interview that Brad gave that. Uh, now in Utah, we have uh, out on the trails. There's some signs, and then we also see signs on the trails of cougars. How many times, Grandma Joy, were you mistaken for a cougar? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, when you're running there with baggy pants on, baggy shirts, you ain't very cougary, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love it. So, it, Brad and Grandma Joy, I mean, what an inspiration uh, you two are. We we want to thank you for joining us today. It truly is an honor to meet both of you and hear your beautiful story of forgiveness, redemption, healing, and adventure. I mean, what an amazing story it is. Uh, we would love to have you join us in the future once you've hit all 63 so that we can hear about those final 10. Um, but I think maybe if that's the case, we should all get together and do it in person. We'll get you out here to Utah, sit on top of a mountain and, uh, and do another episode after it's all finished. That's uh, a great idea. Yeah, we'll bring you. I, I live right below the mountains here in Utah. Uh, we'll take the tram to the top of Snowbird, sit up there, get a uh, get another podcast in. Then uh, well, I don't know. Maybe so, we go. Maybe we go sit on top of Angels Landing and. Oh, oh there man. you go! Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So I have a heights thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that that is that is another uh, thing that I would caution grandchildren across America to think about before they start yeah. like, tripping with their grandparents. Is that mm. you? You might have some second thoughts when you're on that that one lane two-way traffic on the cl- chains. Uh, cliff, cliff edge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There are some like, grandma, crazy are we ones one millimeter or two millimeters from falling to our death right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, take a, you take a peek out the window. And you look yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what crazy. a, what a great story. And on that note, it's time for us to wrap up another Evolve podcast. Uh, I want to thank our guests, Grandma Joy and Brad Ryan, for joining us today. Uh, I want to thank my co-hosts, Chef Miles and uh, Drag Strip Racing Casey in Las Vegas. Uh, We've had a great conversation today, and we hope that you, our listeners, took something away uh, that will help you on your personal evolution. Uh, Brad and Grandma Joy, if they want to follow, if our listeners want to follow you, 
learn more about what you're doing and keep in contact, uh, what's the best way for people to follow the rest of your journey? So we're on Instagram at Grandma Joy's Road Trip and also on Facebook under Grandma Joy's Road Trip. So uh, the Instagram account especially is a nice archive of a visual archive of all the places that we've been and we hope that plants some seeds for your own future intergenerational road trip. Yeah, we love it. That's great. And Casey, how do people stay connected to us at the Evolve community? Well, thank you, Grandma Joy and Brad, for the, sharing your journey with us on this. And please join us on the journey. Everyone yep. has an awesome story and come share with us as we learn, grow, and evolve together. Join us at evolve-cast.com where you can join our Evolve tribe on Facebook and then on Instagram at evolve underscore cast. We'd love to hear from you. Great. Thank you. And Miles, how do people look as amazing as you? Well, folks, the Evolve Couture is expanding <laughs> each and every day. The t-shirts, the hoodies, the caps. So jump on over to the Evolve website, click on the shop, pick up a t-shirt with something that makes you look just as good as me. And Grandma Joy, Brad, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. You too, sir. I I think we need to create a new shirt in um in honor and as an homage to Grandma Joy's road trip. I mean, I this agree. is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, to our listeners, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. And evolve. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast with Grandma Joy. Join us next week as we talk traumatic brain injuries, recovering, mental health, and much more with yogi and meditation expert Jennifer Salerno.